Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asian stocks are mixed this morning with shares in Tokyo and Seoul trading higher. Sydney is in the red though, down more than half a percent in early trade. Investors' focus today is likely to be on the U.S., where racially fueled protests are taking place across the country. Another point of focus will be on Chinese economic data, which shows that factory activity there is expanding. Joining me now for a closer look at what will be moving markets this morning is Ryan Huang. Ryan, first Stay back at work after a long break. How are you? I'm glad to be back. And I am also looking forward to tomorrow because it is the you know, end of circuit breaker measures, or at least partially. And we are going to be going into phase one of the reopening process. So looking forward to more to come in terms of you know, the relaxation of these um, restrictions. Have you seen your parents in a while? I am looking forward to doing that sometime this week. So that is on my calendar. So that is That's something great. I will That's be great. looking forward to. Lunch at my parents. Oh, my mom summoned me over tomorrow. She <laughs> said, you're coming over tomorrow. Well, great to have you back, Ryan. And I can hear, uh, you know, the pep in your voice. You obviously had a great break. Let's start mm. uh, with tough news. There's been racially fueled protests and in some cases looting and riots in some 75 cities in the U.S. over the weekend. Unemployment in the U.S. is rising to levels unseen since the Great Depression. More than 40 million Americans have filed for first-time unemployment benefits. Now, at times of uncertainty, gold usually does well. So that's where we're going to start this morning. As one investor noted in his morning email, gold rallied right out of the gate. Tell us more. Yeah, so this is something I think you've been watching as well. Gold really getting quite a bit of momentum in recent weeks or even months. And it is looking at a bit of green so far. Um, the morning action is up by 0.4% at $1,736 per ounce. So for the week, it's up by 0.2%. For the month, over 3%. And for the year, up by nearly 30%. So gold is still pretty much one of the hot places to go to, especially when you have things like the US-China tensions. You have also what's happening within the US, those violent protests on the streets. So that is still getting quite a bit of action and some forecasts looking at gold hitting $2,000 per ounce by the end of the year. So it is still looking to be quite in play when you look at how much it actually rose in 2019. That seems to be continuing for 2020. Yeah, yeah. Gold currently trading at 1736 US dollars an ounce. So that 2000 mark looks likely. For the first time this year, the US markets experienced back-to-back monthly gains in April and May, Ryan. We see US futures are trading lower this morning, though. What impact do you think the protests, not to mention rising US-China tensions, are likely to have on markets this week. Yeah, what happened to sell in May and go away, right? So you had in May, the US market is doing quite well. Mm. So um, looking at the S&P 500 and the Dow, they're up by over 4% last month. So rather good numbers. And last week alone, it was up by over 3%. So all in, you are looking at investors pricing in quite a bit of optimism, looking forward to how the economy might be reopening to well and sometime soon. Also pressing in some optimism that you no know, the worst is over. But of course now you have a lot of question marks coming up, right? With the US violence on the streets, there is now a big question mark. Will it affect the US recovery? Because now with the curfews in many cities, 
this pretty much will put a bit of a dampener in terms of demand for things like oil. People will not travel as much. They will not be dining out as much. So that is going to be one big spanner in the works. Also, the jobless situation is not really out of the, out of the woods yet, right? So you do have a bit of a jobless report coming up sometime later at the end of the week. It will give a bit of a picture for May. So that will be closely watched to see how, bit of a, how big of an improvement it will be for the U.S. economy. And then you have what's happening between the U.S. and China. Will that be affecting the trade relations and, of course, jobs in the U.S. and outside the U.S. Uh, in terms of companies based in China and Hong Kong? So that's also in the equation. All right, I want to shift to Hong Kong. The economy may be reeling from protests and the pandemic, but the Hong Kong exchange seems to be doing quite well. Three pieces of news to highlight this point. The first, we reported last week that the Hong Kong exchange scored a big win over Singapore with the licensing of dozens of MSCI options and futures contracts. Hmm. That'll lead to many traders possibly shifting this business to Hong Kong. Second, it's planning to launch a suite of ETFs, largely with a China focus. Focus. Significant because the ETF market currently isn't that big in Hong Kong. And the suite of four new types, including leverage and inverse products, well, what's that going to do? It's going to expand what's traded there, right? And the third item on the list, a Chinese tech giant, that's the online gaming company NetEase. It's listing shares on the Hong Kong exchange, the market today, reportedly aiming to raise some $3 billion US dollars. So a secondary listing for NetEase. The stock is also traded on NASDAQ. NASDAQ and the U.S. investors. So we'll talk about more about NetEase in just a bit, Ryan, but are you surprised at all by how the Hong Kong Stock Exchange seems to be expanding and in part at the expense of Singapore? Yeah, this is interesting to watch. And underlying that story is the U.S.-China spat over Hong Kong. And that is putting off a few narratives, right? So you've got like you mentioned, NetEase listing in Hong Kong, a secondary listing. So that means it is turning away from the US. And then you mentioned the MSCI suite of products. That was a big deal for Singapore. So this is a suite of products in terms of indices. For, for example, MSCI Taiwan and other countries. It tracks the countries, well, I guess, uh, major components. So that is due to expire. And on the back of that news announcement, the SGX stock dropped by nearly 11%. So that is the biggest drop in nearly 17 years. And the MSCI suite of products contributes about 10 to 15% of SGX's profits. And if you look at what analysts are saying, right, DBS Research has downgraded SGX on the back of that news uh, to fully valued at 740. So the latest trading price for SGX was just slightly over $8. So there is, according to some research houses, more downside pressure for SGX with Hong Kong eating some of SGX's lunch. What is interesting though is the special trading status that is now at stake for Hong Kong. With that now being threatened, of course, uh, Donald Trump on Friday said he is looking to eliminate Hong Kong's special trading status. That could actually turn away some of the business in Hong Kong, some of the financial activity in Hong Kong to places like Singapore. You know, people are just getting a bit more worried about the future and prospects for Hong Kong, and that could be benefit for Singapore markets. So maybe that could be a 
um, a long-term benefit for SDS jacks. But you have these ETFs that Hong Kong Exchange is looking at, and these are going to track mainland indexes mm. that many investors find very popular because they track innovation and diversification, and a lot of people want to get into, you know, the different spheres of influence that they see are going to matter in the tech war. China's role in this as well. Do you think this is going to be significant? Yeah, Hong Kong is really stepping up the pressure, and one of the big derivative products that the SJAC has is the China A50. Hong Kong is coming up with its own, I guess, counterpart or own comp- competitor. And that is something people will be watching very closely to see if investors, institu- institutional investors will be turning to in time to come. So that could be more pressure more pressure for SGX in the coming quarters. And of course, uh, we will be watching to see this whole dynamic play out. There is a bit of good and bad news uh, for SGX and Hong Kong. And it is going to be one to watch for some time to come. For sure. I mean, Hong Kong Exchange broadening its palette, clearly moving away from a predominantly equity focus. Next up, NetEase's deal this week. That's what I was reading this morning. It will be Hong Kong's largest listing so far this year, possibly one of the biggest in the world, depending on the final size. It also comes at a time of increased tensions, as we were discussing, between mm. US-China. In fact, the company notes that one potential risk for investors is that the U.S. could force some Chinese companies to delist in the States. Now, how could this affect NetEase's shares in Hong Kong? Uh, that is a very good point, right? You now have increased scrutiny over Chinese companies listed in the U.S. And that is potentially turning away some of those prospects away from the U.S. into places like Hong Kong. And also contributing to that whole equation is Luckin Coffee. A lot of scandals around Chinese companies not doing any favors there. So that is also raising scrutiny over Chinese companies in the US. So you now have Hong Kong potentially benefiting from the likes of NetEase. Mm. Uh, NetEase looking to raise between 2 and $3 billion. And this will be one of the largest equity deals so far this year. And it could pave the way for other similar secondary listings uh, to take place in Hong Kong. So that is um, something to watch out for. Of course, we don't have all the details yet from Donald Trump. And that is also something to consider. He has come out with a lot of rhetoric, a bit of saber rattling. So there is some speculation that he could be just buying time to get a better deal out of China to get some concessions. So that is um, maybe one reason why he hasn't come up with any specifics, any timelines, and any additional tariffs even. So that is also one reason why we didn't see the um, US markets on Friday do too badly. So that is um, something that we are hoping to get more clarity as the um, uh, days unfold in the coming week. For sure. Still still to see whether the proposed U.S. legislation that could force these Chinese companies to delist, of course, if they don't comply with U.S. audit oversight, uh, whether that legislation in effect uh, comes to be. All right, one final question about this Chinese online gaming company, NetEase, Mm. before we move. It's the second company to seek a secondary listing in Hong Kong. The first was Alibaba. And we have reports that JD.com is expected to follow suit later this month. As some people say, one is an example, two a coincidence, three is a trend. So should we be expecting to see more of these high-profile deals? Yeah, so when the first one gets off the block, it is going to be watched closely to see how well it does in the current market sentiment. Uh, You mentioned JD.com. That is similar to Alibaba, one big online retail giant. It is looking to raise up to $3 billion as well. And I think um, these will be a bit of a, I guess, bellwether um, type of um, um, events. They will be watching to see if NetEase will do well in the markets, how much appetite is there for the entire block of $3 billion of shares and will they perform 
in the initial days. So that will be an indicator to see if we will indeed get more uh, coming out from China. All right, let's bring the discussion back home, Ryan. The Straits Times Index gave up more than 4% of its value last month. Is June off to a better start? Yeah, so a bit of a different tale when it comes to the US and Singapore. The US markets rose over 4%. On the flip side, Singapore was one of the worst performing indexes in May, down by over 4%. And looking at the markets starting off, for the month of June, we are looking at markets in the green by 0.8%. That is up by 2,530 points right now. So that is um, something encouraging, I guess, as we look forward to the circuit breaker measures being lifted. And some of the research houses, um, the reports coming through from DBS, for example, is saying the circuit breaker easing will benefit retail REITs, retail and transport stocks. So it has its eye on Capital Land Mall Trust, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, Maple Tree Commercial Trust, Land Lease, ComfortDelGro, Kofu, Wilma, and TaiBev. And it is also slightly positive because it is one small step forward for travel and aviation. So things like SATs could be something to benefit in the long run. And uh, it is still expecting the STI to tick up higher. Right now, it's at 2,530, it says by the end of the year, we could see it at 2,850. So more upside pets for STI, according to DBS Research. All right, I'll keep my eye out on gold and those retail REITs. Thank you very much, Ryan Huang there in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.